0: Hello, I am so excited once again i'm like giggling right now with excitement because I have back from our other episode previously, the one and only Kate Cleveland I do want before I bring Kate in. I want to let everybody know i'm getting over some daycare junk that my little one brought home that passed through each one of us throughout the week, so you will see me sucking on some decaf. English breakfast tea throughout, or hopefully I can mute myself if I need to clear my throat. I apologize in advance to the listeners, um, but I did want to just give everyone a heads up. It's like, what's going on with Meg? Why does she sound so terrible? Anyway, you know her, you love her. One of my best episodes, one of my most highly regarded ones with my before with Kate Cleveland. Welcome. Yay. I am so excited to be back. Yes. Thank you. I'm so, I, I, when you reached out, I was like, yes, please. When, when can we do it? Yes. Amazing.
1: I try to schedule. So now that I'm my own boss, I try to schedule fun in my schedule and this is like my fun for the day. So
0: I love it. First of all, loving the boundary, loving the self time, right? Like I am going to schedule in time for me. I love it. And second of all, I'm glad that it involves me today. Yeah. thank you. All right. So what are we
1: talking about today? We decided to have a loose conversation about whatever tangential topics come to our mind. So this is kind of like a a stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. My favorite. Which
0: which I think honestly, it's, it's interesting because as I have guests on so frequently, um, for like a level of comfortability for everybody, I'll send them an outline of the discussion and say, like, okay, you know. Don't feel beholden to this it's just an idea of like if we start to kind of recognize that we're kind of struggling or we don't really know where we're going to go next, then you can kind of look at that and be like okay she said we wanted to talk about this next i've never once never once used one. (laughs) It's generally always just like excuse me stream of consciousness, where are we going next So i'm really excited for it um. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, which I encouraged our listeners last time, like if you have any questions, go, or if you're curious, go ask Kate where the name of her um, agency came from. And I was wondering if you'd like to share that with us now in our second episode. Yeah, that I love that because nobody has ever
1: asked me. Uh, they ask me what Enso is, and where uh-huh. they from, but they never ask about why I came up with that. And sure. so. Yeah, so there are a few things in my life that have always been kind of like um, centering and things that have always caught my eye or brought me closer to like the presence of God in my Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. so one of those things is butterflies. And so anytime I see a butterfly, it's usually when I feel like I'm questioning, like, am I making the right decision in life right now? And or am I in the right place? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? It's always like purpose centered. And then whenever I see a butterfly, it's like a little wink. Like you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So the ENSO circle is that for me in an actual symbolism. So the ENSO circle is a um, meditative practice that monks actually paint during their meditation. And that's this is the origin of the ENSO circle. And typically, it's an open continuous brushstroke. And so it's a symbolism for togetherness, for Mm -hmm. a meditative practice, and for leaving room for the unknown. So holding space and leaving, leaving space for uncertainty, the future. And so that's kind of how I interpret it. And every time I see it, I'm usually in a phase of life where I'm questioning, you know, or I'm searching, and I'll go like the last place I saw it was like, four or five years ago, it was at a bar. Mm
0: -hmm. And I was like,
1: what are the chances that they would have this meditative, right? Monk symbolism in a bar. And so I took a picture of it and I always told myself from five years ago, that if I ever started uh, my own business, that I would use that. And so. Chills. I have chills. Because I serve mothers, you know, one we need togetherness we need a circle we need a village two mm. we need meditative practice and it, it, it's okay it doesn't have to be perfect you know that's the beauty of it it's like the every single painting that they draw is different and right. and it's never perfect but it's it's just right how it's supposed to be and right. so i just really connect that with motherhood and mothering in general and um leaving space for the un, uncertain and un, unknown and you can figure it out as you go Mm-hmm. And so that's where, yeah, that's where the Enso Mama um, came from.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing with me. And how I just, I love how things piece together like a puzzle sometimes of like, you were at a bar yeah. and you saw that and you were like, one day I'm going to start my own thing and that's what I'm going to call it. And then here we are. Yeah. Oh, and then
1: my logo is kind of similar to that because um, I've, I've always really been into mm-hmm yoga, meditation, mindfulness. Um, and so when I used to do yoga frequently, pre baby, um, sure. I would always see Lotus flowers. Okay. And so I started researching like, what is the, why, do, why do yoga studios have these Lotus flowers? And, um, and so I researched it and I realized that Lotus flowers grow in like best in the dark, in the mud. And I was like, oh, no and and there's a common saying no mud no flower no lotus and so it's like you know the beginning phases of motherhood are often muddy and murky for a lot of us and we're wondering you know are these seeds that we're planting ever going to bloom and grow into something beautiful i don't know because i haven't slept in years you know And then all of a sudden it's like, things start to bloom and, or or your son, like my son just started saying, mommy, I love you. You're my best friend.
0: And I'm like, "Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. (laughs) And your heart exploded in that moment.
1: Yeah. And I was like, that's my Lotus flower for this season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the, um, the actual logo that I designed came from too.
0: Amazing. A little horticulture moment within a mental health moment. I love it. I didn't know that actually. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll have to do some Googling because now I'm really curious how that physically works like with the mug. Yeah. 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 You know, it's a sturdy party. I love that. And interesting too, to come back to, um, the painting, my, my therapist, and also, so I was diagnosed with ADHD in 1994. And, um, so been, been rocking that for a while now, and. I am really grateful for the opportunities that I've had to to work on my own focus and whatnot. And then obviously, obviously as a professional and I've worked with children and in schools, I've had a lot of opportunity to work with people who have ADHD. And immediately when you said that, I was like, wow, I should really start trying to do that where I incorporate, I mean, I'm not much of a painter, um, always got A's in art in school, but not like, you know, no one was sending me up to like, oh, you should really think about this as if, no, 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 no. no, But like, I if I can go into it with a really not low expectation, but like the expectation of whatever comes from the moment is what's gonna be perfect. And yeah. I'm not trying to paint for perfection. I'm not trying to paint for really anybody else. And actually now I'm, now I'm over here. I'm like writing these things down in my my brain of like, I'm gonna l- learn more about lotus flowers. And I might try to inc- implement painting into my meditation because I do find it, Whoa. I mean, everybody struggles on some level at some point with meditation. I think that's why people stop doing it sometimes is like, I suck at it. Right and it's like well, first of all, you got to be brave enough to suck at something right at the beginning you're never going to start out being a concert pianist you're never going to start out being an Olympic snowboarder you have to start out as a beginner. To begin doing something and I, and I think that's just really interesting, so I I uh, yeah I, i'm really excited about that and trying to. focus on that, because when I keep my hands busy it keeps my brain more focused so. If i'm able to keep my hands busy, I might be able to be a little more intentional with my meditation practice, though I do also want to note, we talk about. um, You know, accepting the thoughts as they come in and watching them as they go past instead of being judgmental obviously. The more you judge yourself, the less interested you're going to be in trying to meditate, but I love that I really am i'm gonna have some homework for myself now. (laughs) yeah that's the thing about
1: about painting I. I started painting like maybe three years ago in uh, it because it forced me to step out of my perfectionism. Oh, yeah. And I would have this blank canvas and I'd be like, but like, I can't mess it up. And I don't want, I want it to be perfect. And then I just started m- p- mixing colors and, and painting and it's super meditative. It's super freeing, you know, art is art. Like it doesn't have to be, there's no perfect art. It's uh-huh. whatever you want it to be. Right. And you know, anything can become meditative. And that's the thing that I'm starting to notice. Like the other day I was um, teaching somebody how to walk um, on a treadmill. And so we were progressing his legs forward, like both of us one at a time. And we were doing it for like four minute intervals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, even this is meditative because I'm just focused on this like repetitive thing. And Brene Brown in her podcast talks about swimming. Mm-hmm. And how just like counting the laps and yep. just like, you know, being in her thoughts, but then just letting them come and go and not having any judgment toward them. Even swimming can be meditative. So yep. sometimes during a tantrum, that's a toddler's, not my own. I, I, often, <laughs> I often am dysregulated. Okay. Every time he has a tantrum, I'm dysregulated. Sure. And I get into this fight or flight mode and I want to run. And I, I sometimes go in the bathroom and close the door before I go back out and try to like help him because I'm like, I can't help him if I'm not able to help myself, you know. Right. So, um, but lately I've been trying to like, okay, breathe. Think about something other than the screaming. Mm-hmm. And I just try to like center myself. Yes. And then I'm trying to learn how to because he's also highly sensitive. So mm-hmm. I try to teach him like, okay, it's uh, you, if you want to scream, like, let's scream into a pillow. <laughs> so, so like, focus it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's punch the pillow. If you feel yeah. like it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to hit people. So like, uh-huh. let's punch the pillow. I'm trying to like, give him tools to mm-hmm. channel these things that are productive. You're still allowed to have the feelings, but don't judge them. Like, just like us. Um, and it's pretty amazing to see him starting He's almost three. So to see him start to implement some of these things. The other day I taught him how to hug himself and t- start tapping. Oh, wonderful. And I was like, whenever you get angry or upset or mad, you know, you take a deep breath cause he doesn't ever want to do it in the moment, but like oh, later. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, let's do it together. Let's do it together. Mm-hmm. And we sat there on the floor and he just did this. And I was like, how cool that you know, my 10 years of therapy, I'm now able to teach him and he's two.
0: Yeah. Hey babe, you're getting that for free. Okay. I know, right? (laughs) I love that, but that's so true. And you're right about having to teach things, especially to the little ones, but it's the same with adults too. Of like, you have to practice it in a safe space, in a safe time. You can't learn something new when you're at a 10, when you're at a tantrum level, you have to do it now when we're all having fun and playing on the floor and da-da-da. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But letting go of that perfectionism
1: and finding ways for you to be able to be free and playful. And yeah, I since I started going full time in my business, I my business coach um who I hired at the very beginning, because I was like perfectionist, uh, everything has to be perfect. All the ducks yeah. have to be, I have to take 10 million courses before I'm you know, ready and all of this. And I kind of was stuck in this inaction phase Mm -hmm. um, because things weren't perfect. Mm -hmm. And she really helped me and encouraged me to take the leap. And, you know, the best teacher is experience. And, you know, you're never going to have everything perfect. And just to let that go. um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, just she also taught me how to implement fun. Yeah, like what a novel idea. Like typically when you're working in, in corporate healthcare or corporate like psychology mental health space, like someone else is structuring your day. Mm-hmm. And so there's like no room for play or fun or anything. And so right. I'm just trying to like teach myself how to be a, a good gentle boss mm-hmm. to be my own self. Um yes. like, I don't know if any other like mom entrepreneurs are out there listening, but like yeah, maybe we can talk about this because figuring out how to how to schedule um, patient care and extra projects mm-hmm. and fun and play and exercise and our own self care, right? In addition to like motherhood life stuff, mm-hmm. what does that even look like? And if you do suffer with ADHD, P.S. I also just got diagnosed with this like mm, three weeks ago wow I didn't, I didn't even know that i had it i thought everyone was yes. like this and i thought everyone struggled with these things uh-huh. i never had the like true hyperactivity component as a child so like why would right. anyone notice? you know yes yes and now that i'm a full-time entrepreneur my brain is like poo, poo, poo. yes and i can't complete any task. I can't yes. remember anything. I can't focus. And like, I have no structure in my day at all. I just like, am literally doing whatever I want to do. And so look, coming up with some coping strategies, I'm working with a therapist, but I'd love to hear like what some of your coping strategies are for that.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. So I actually did a, an episode about imposter syndrome a couple of weeks ago and talked about how that perfectionism leads to procrastination. Yes. Because it's like if it can't be perfect, then I'm just not gonna do it. But I have to do it because I need to get it done. So what where do I where do I acknowledge that? Where do I make my accommodations to just get it done? And I think there were a number of people who actually texted me about that, like, oh my gosh, the procrastination thing, that's so me. Um, and it does it takes it's taken me a long time. And I still I do, I do do still struggle with it, where for me. How do I focus that energy? For me, lists are my number one. I'm also very type A. So I love to check things off. So that's like a two for two for one special there for me, because I can have my list and see. And I'll even put like sometimes I'll color code it. Um, again, super type A, or like list it in priority if I know what everything needs to go on my list, like this needs to like what needs to be done today, what needs to not be done, da-da-da. And then I have to sometimes sit and be really, I have to contemplate what needs to be perfection and what do I need to get the heck over myself? Mm. And and it's a really honest conversation because there are certain things, like a diagnosis of a client, for example, right? I, I can't just be like oh, that oh, sounds like adjustment disorder oh, that's close to like i'm going to go into the DSM and i'm gonna you know if I have to I don't like to give diagnoses as a side note. that's why I like working in private practice with private pay because I don't i'm not beholden to an insurance company or anybody, um, there is a new law which I will take 20 seconds to go into and then I will hopefully never talk about it again um, uh the no surprises act, which is really more meant for. Um, yeah, you're sh- yeah, you get it. Uh, which is really more meant for for those of you who aren't familiar like a stat flight chopper ride like they're gonna which first of all, if I'm dying and the only way for me to live is to do that then whatever. but it's more for that sort of thing and it's really less based on ongoing like mental health care specifically because you never know when you start therapy with somebody like we're gonna meet for exactly 72 sessions like no one knows that, but we're supposed to give an estimate and whatever. and so I actually called um, any any social workers out there, I called my uh, my representative, and my two senators and left a message earlier today to encourage them to I'd love to have a conversation with them about like why clinical social workers, cl- clinical psychologists, marriage and family therapists, etc. I'm not one of those. So I can't advocate on their behalf, but I will advocate on behalf of social workers. Um, it doesn't apply to us. We don't need it. Right? Yeah. So sorry for that long tangent. But I do now what's frustrating about that is I do now have to give people who are private pay a diagnosis because you have to have a diagnosis in your good faith estimate so all of that to come back to answer your question which was which i'm actually proud of myself that I remember what your original question was because sometimes with my ADHD I go off on a walk. Same. Come back. Same. <laughs> Same. But yeah and so <laughs> so that is, there are certain things where I need to like I know in this business that I have I need perfection, I need to be very specific and intentional and then there are some things where i don't need to be and it doesn't matter and i can i can get the thing done that i need to get done and feel confident in it and move forward or if i really genuinely don't feel prepared in the moment then i can okay well that's not due today i give myself like due dates because it's very helpful for me again Mm. so i'm teaching a class at ku um university of kansas graduate school of social work and i put out an assignment for some people and talked about um, the kind of like a reflection module each week for them to do, and they were like, "Well, what is when is that due? What do you what does it need to look like to get done?" I was like, "Well, here's how it's in Blackboard in our online learning." I was like, "Here's how I've structured it, or here's how actually, here's how my faculty mentor structured it, and I used her same one. God bless you, love you, Dr. Keppel. Um, don't don't reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, "So here's how it is, but here's the thing: if that is not what's fruitful for you." Then do it a different way it you don't have to be beholden to a certain thing in this situation. Because I just want your input, I want your reflection time I want so if if you reflecting on something and answering somebody else's questions is not a helpful way for you to reflect. Then don't do it that way, and I said I was like I don't know i'm the kind of learner who needs black and white so i'm the kind of learner in that situation, who would answer the professors questions exactly how they were asked exactly how right because that's how my brain works, but not everyone learns the same, right? Hmm. So for me, that's very helpful for me. Sorry, I keep going off on tangents to give like more color to what I'm saying, but like, it's very helpful for me to know, like, even though it's due to me, Mm -hmm. when is it due? What do I need? What is specific? That's been very helpful for me. I'm all about a list. I'm all about paper and pen. I know, know exactly what I need to do in order to make sure I'm like, and then I can go back and look, it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot to, upload last week's lecture slides or, you know, and like, Oh, I forgot to whatever it might be, which I did not do. I did that this morning. So <laughs> yeah,
1: Do yeah. you have a daily set schedule. Cause I know, so I'm also cash based provider. And right. so I deal with the same good faith as yes, yes, jargon, um, new policy. And so, but honestly, okay. um, it doesn't apply to me either because I've always done that. So like when you right. are based, you tell people up front how much the services are right. And you're not going to get this surprise bill from your insurance yes. six months for $10 million right. for the hospital visit that you went to for a band-aid, you know,
0: that's so exactly right.
1: it's kind of like, okay, well, I was already doing that, but now I'm just going to put a little consent in uh-huh. my on my consents telling you that I'm doing that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I struggle with the remembering what I was talking about as well. And so I was yeah. going to, I was going to ask you something else. That oh, I you said. were asking
0: me if I had a daily schedule. See, I'm, no, man, I'm ready.
1: Have, <laughs> have A daily schedule. Thank you. Do you have yeah. a daily schedule because you do run your own practice and you are a mom. And so do you drop your kids off at school at the same time every day? And do you start your, do you have like routines and you know, all of these things?
0: I do. And I, I, I need that. And so my husband, I don't think he'll mind me sharing has ADHD as well. And I actually I remember when we first met, when we first started dating, he has and always has worked from home and then he'll travel to events and activities that he needs to do. But in terms of like his daily, he doesn't generally go to an office. And I remember when I met him because I was in grad school, so I thought I knew everything. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I, I and also having a, a personal experience with ADHD, I just remember being like, How do you work from home? I don't understand, I because I do do that. Uh, Yes, I have a schedule and I'll come back to it, but I will catch myself and I did it one day and I was like, man, I wish I would have remembered to write that down because I wish I could write that down because I'm not gonna remember all the things. Going from pumping, I started to eat my breakfast and then i was like well i'm done with my breakfast so let me run downstairs and get something but then i started doing laundry yeah then i didn't have i needed more stuff so i went up to my daughter and my son's room to get their laundry but then i ended up redoing his flissat table bins and then i did that and i can't remember how that linked to something else but then i ended up in my office and then i and i and the, the list honestly team i'm not i'm not editorializing here this is legitimately. And the list goes on. I don't even remember all of the things that I did, and then I ended up cleaning the playroom at some point, and then the laundry hadn't been done, which yes. didn't even like need, need to, to get done. Be- no, right? I do this every
1: day. I do this every day. Yes. I walk into a room and clutter like dysregulates, stresses me out, uh-huh, uh-huh. and so and yeah, I like to. I, I saw a meme this week that was like, my toxic trait is that I like to have a house that looks like no one lives in it, uh-huh. and I was like, yes, me, yeah, that's. And I walk into the bathroom oh there's this I start doing this and then I walk in and I forget why am I even in this room, but like oh there's. clutter. That's right. so I'm That's up the right. clutter. And then it's 30, 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and I, I haven't gotten to anything on my list and I didn't realize that was like. An issue of ADD but like I totally do this every single day, and when I had to be at work at eight or nine it was like. Oh my God, how am I gonna get through this list of 150 tasks Mm -hmm. to get a human together, to get myself and a human and out the door and Mm -hmm. uh, try to calculate for three tantrums, you know, where he doesn't wanna wear those shoes. And it was just really unbearable. And so now that I can start my day later and have Uh a slower morning, it sets me up for success for sure, because I'm not super frazzled, but I would love to come up with like schedule blocks. Like, Uh okay, I'm seeing patients because I think the schedule block as an entrepreneur and as a service provider, it also helps you create and stick to your own boundaries with your time. Because right now, you know, my, even my husband was like, you know, I would really, he says it in such a kind, gentle way, he's like, I would really like it if you could stop work at a certain time and not talk about it in all of our free time. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was even doing that. But like, yeah, he's like, if someone calls you at eight o'clock for a physical therapy session, you're like answering because, you know, you feel like you can't say no to anyone right now Mm -hmm. and you have to help everyone. And he's like, you know, you could call them back at 8 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, I, it never occurred to me that I right. need to start time blocking so that I can actually have some personal time and space. And so, well, and it's,
0: it's tough when you're starting a new business because I, I don't know everyone's situation, but I'm not independently wealthy. So for me, the money aspect is certainly there. In addition to obviously the want to help, right? You already talked, you already touched on that, like you don't go into what we do you do it because you want to help people right but then also too there's that added layer of like i need to make money so and i've actually literally had somebody send me an email and be like hey i'm interested in services please let me know and i didn't respond right away because it was 11 o'clock at night and then i responded the next morning at like nine maybe ten and they're like oh somebody already got back to me And i'm like well obviously things that aren't meant to come to me don't come to me and it is what it is but also there's like there's a balance of that of like I'm not going to be on my email at 11 o'clock at night. And that is what it's going to be. And also it's like, but that there's that internal pressure of like, but I need to, because I need to build my business and I need to get more clients and I need to do what I'm doing because I can't do what I'm doing if I'm not making money because who's going to pay for childcare? Yeah, all of that rambling. So it's, it's nice. I'm so glad to hear your husband was like boundary.
1: Boundary, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. So for me, quick side note though. The thing about clutter with a lot of people with ADHD is that they don't like other people's clutter but they can be okay with their own. Now you sound like you don't no. like clutter at all, which is great. No, no,
1: no. I'm fine with the way I have it.
0: That's see, that's it, okay? Because your chaos is organized. Yes, because I know so, where
1: everything is like especially like right. I don't make beds because yeah. I think it's a waste of my time. And I I wish I like read this like Atomic habits and habits of highly successful people and blah, blah, blah. And I feel very restricted by habits. Sure. Sure. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I would be more successful and calm in my life. If I made the bed every day, because I have heard that this is a thing, but like, I I can't, I'm, I'm 36, I've never yeah. made my bed in my life. I'd yeah. rather go make a coffee. Huh. You know? And so I literally budget minutes and I don't know, is this a mom thing or is this is this a mom mattress transition thing, or is this an ADD thing? I feel like I'm racing the clock at all times. And so every minute of the day has to be calculated for, I have a yes. hundred thousand tasks, you know, like you said, laundry, dishes, I have this week, plumber, electrician, all these right. things that I'm coordinating, get back to this business, do my taxes. Okay. Does Christian have a dentist appointment? You know, I'm managing all the mental load, right, right, right. And every minute of the day, and if something is like an inconvenience or unaccounted for, and it messes up my minutes that I've allocated for the rest of something, I get so irritated. Like I don't have unlimited free time. Right.
0: That I think is very much both, both and right. So it is a symptom of ADHD. If you've found something that's working for you and then something gets in the way, it is also one of the questions on the dash 21 is if you, I found over the last week i was um intolerant of anything that got in the way of what i was doing that's not the exact verbiage but it's basically like that so it can yeah. be a symptom of like stress anxiety and depression yeah. separately and adhd and parenthood because you're so right gosh i had this conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago about he likes to play video games and like i know that's some of us chuckle and like my husband plays video games i chuckle sometimes too about it like how passionate he gets about it, but like, talk to me about my cricket sometime, and we'll probably have a. I'm not anyway, but like, I know people might chuckle about that, but if that's somebody's outlet, if that's what somebody enjoys, if that's what they want to do, and he's like, I need to go to bed earlier so I can get up earlier, feel prepared for the day, work out. I feel better when I work out. I take, you know, whatever. And it's like, right, but then I want you to be able to play a video. Is there a time during the day you can play a video game? Is like, what about your lunch break? Can you eat and play your video game? I'm not trying to take that away from you. There are yeah. only so many hours in the day. And I said this conversation when I spoke with one of my special guests, Courtney Lewis, a couple of weeks ago, we, if you have Kim Kardashian's staff of 50, you don't yeah. have the same 24 hours in a day, right? So if you have somebody at the house who's gonna take care of the electrician and the plumber, then you don't stress about it. And those two hours of your life are yours, but they're not yours because you don't have a staff to accept and greet the plumber and the electrician as they come in and yeah. so when something gets in your way, especially when it was that moment of happiness like. heaven forbid we're already doing it, thank goodness, but like imagine if something would have come up and we wouldn't have been able to do say I would have been devastated, because this is something I was looking forward to. And this was like I'm i'm obviously working because this is something that I do as a part of my work, but like it's not it's super super enjoyable for me yeah so when things like that impact impede us it is devastating just depending on the day the level of devastation is it a one out of ten is it a nine out of ten i want to validate the the one and the nine and everything between because it's like all i wanted to do was watch this one new episode of rupaul's drag race and now something happened and i can't insert drama here and now i can't and that was like my mo my 45 minutes of me time yeah now i don't get it
1: i don't know if i said this to you on my on the last episode or not, I might've, but like on my birthday, I scheduled a massage for myself at like Uh 8 a.m. I rushed to drop off my son at daycare, Uh drove for 35 minutes to the salon. And I get there and there's smoke and fire coming out of the building. And I still went inside because I'm going to get my massage even if there's flames. I feel that. And they were like, (laughs) I'm sorry, ma'am, we're closed. And I was like, no, no, it's my birthday. Did you not hear that it's my birthday? I like rearranged my whole schedule and dropped my son off kicking and screaming at seven 30 this morning so that I could come here to yes. relapse, yes. not to be more stressed by yes. a fight. And so yes. I had this very like first world problem. Yes. Like I, oh my God, you're so privileged. You couldn't get your massage, go cry me a river. And, but I was like, you know, this is the one thing that I'm doing for myself that I haven't done in six months. And I'm gonna sit here across the street on this park bench for 20 minutes and I'm just gonna be sad about it and watch the flames go out of the building and just know that it's fine. This is a major emergency. You couldn't have prepared for this. And I just kind of like talk myself down. You can still have a great birthday. Mm -hmm. You can find another massage, but it's okay. Like it's okay to be disappointed. And so instead of like judging myself for having, for being disappointed about this first world problem when there's like, so I grew up in a house with a mom that it very much instilled in me, your problems are not real or not big enough because there's a starving person down the street or in China or Africa, you know? And now I tell her all the time, like, mom, we're not, we're not in the business of minimizing people's suffering or pain. That what what you've raised me to do is minimize with toxic positivity. And so like, I have the language Mm now and he's so great at receiving all of my constructive criticism that she's like, okay, you're right. Okay. I'll stop.
0: It's a different time than 1985. (laughs) Yes. yes. It's a different time. Um, I have started
1: to realize like, okay, even I minimize sometimes because I'm like, oh, this isn't a big enough problem. And so, yeah, that happened to me. It was devastating for like five minutes. And then I found another massage and like life goes on and I had a great birthday. But, um, speaking of outsourcing help, and yes not comparing your 24 hours my friend has a mug she's obsessed with beyonce she's from houston sure of course Shout out to rachel she has a mug that says i have the same 24 hours as beyonce
0: so it's so tough we right we it's don't so, it's so tough because i want to i just want to like yes ma'am to everything first of all i actually have my show notes from our last time and i wrote down your birthday december 10th. oh yeah that was it i wrote down yeah <laughs> Um, so I wrote it down. So it says Kate meeting, um, but I want to validate, I want to validate everything you just said, the toxic positivity, the minimizing, it's okay to be sad about being disappointed. I, I had the, if I may, I had the same, literally almost the same thing. My husband scheduled me a pregnancy massage. I got to the, I was very excited. I was feeling, you know, stressed about work, whatever, show up and they're like, oh, you're pregnant. We can't do it and he was like and so i texted him and he was like i flat out called for a maternity massage so whatever and i sat in the parking lot and i cried and i was like i was texting my the woman who was my matron of honor and i was like why am i why am i crying like oh this is such so first world problem. And she very graciously was like right but it's your problem like it, it like you were looking forward to something you just you wanted some relaxation that was your time for that You were excited about something and it's been taken away. No, no one's starving. No one's dying as a result of you not getting your little massage. But it is literally, it's so frustrating and upsetting. And it's tough because then we start judging ourselves for being a whiny little baby. And then how is that helping the situation? And so I like the idea of the Beyonce mug because I think perspective is very helpful. I think Mm -hmm. in a moment where you can say, yes, and, sit with the tension of I'm allowed to be upset and also like I loved how you said like I took 20 minutes I got upset and then I moved forward with my day right like I tell clients that sometimes when they're like I just cry all the time and I'm like crying's a good thing the issues are in the tissues get it out but like set yourself a timer 10 15 minutes when that timer goes off what's next so like no ma'am you don't have the same 24 hours as beyonce if beyonce needs something done she can call and has the capital to be able to d- call any person she wants and get everything taken care of in a non-personal setting everything yeah. including taking her kids to school i mean if she wanted to i don't know what beyonce does you know she is amazing actually i have a tangent about we don't talk about bruno from Encanto and Beyonce, which maybe we'll talk about that later. I'm gonna write myself a little note. Bruno, Beyonce, if we get back to what we do, if we don't, I'll have another conversation another time. But I think it's it's so, it's, the world we operate in is not black and white. We function in the rainbow. And for us to say, you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce, suck it up and get over it is very, it's, it's so critical and judgmental of ourselves. And that's what we all need to work on being less of is judgmental. And also too, sometimes, it might be nice to read all down and see my little coffee mug and be like, okay, okay, you know what? Other people are doing stuff and doing it okay. So but it's yeah. making sure that you have that self-awareness to be able to know when you need the Beyonce mug and when you need to break the Beyonce mug. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. Metaphorically. Don't actually break your mug.
1: Yeah. No. And and on the on those lines, I know you wanted to talk about like um comparison mm-hmm. in. Uh, I don't know what the the technical term, the clinical term is, but the comparison that often happens in early motherhood or any time in life, but especially yes. early motherhood, and I struggled with that. What's the, what's the term that you used? Obsessive comparison disorder, not to be confused with compulsive, because oh. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I had all of the things. postpartum i had all of those things and i didn't realize i had add at the time i just thought that that was normal and so yeah during my postpartum period i was like
0: well, postpartum anxiety is very real but it's not as it's not diagnosed as often so people don't think about that and the obsessions and compulsions that come as a result of having popped out a human or in my case is it blocked bagged out a human like it is legit and real and we don't we don't talk about it
1: don't no, and we also don't talk about how often we are comparing, especially in this world of isolation. We're not comparing it to like all of our friends right now because a lot of us are not seeing people. But we're comparing, we're connecting virtually on social media and online, and on TV on Netflix, and we're comparing our journeys and our circumstances with people that we don't actually know. That right. we just know what they're showing us. Yes, and I remember I used to compare myself a lot, especially in the beginning, like why is this so hard for me? Why is this, why am I struggling? Like, why can't I accomplish all these things and work out and, and I'm not sleeping, but like this person said, she got four hours of sleep last night, but she's working out and she's also running this CEO corporate empire mm-hmm. and she doesn't have help. But then later, a couple of weeks later, she actually shared like, okay, I feel led to share all of the help behind the scenes mm-hmm. that I have. Yeah, And now that I've been doing like specific motherhood, all my clients are moms, pregnant or postpartum, and the, the coaching, the mindset coaching, I'm yes. realizing all of the layers of support that people actually have, that they've implemented over time so that they can function and thrive
0: right. and
1: feel sane in their life. And my mind is continuously blown yes. because I'm like, Oh, this feels hard because I am operating on an island and I am I just started this year getting my house cleaned Uh professionally, like deep. And it's once a month. So it's not like even I haven't given myself the gift of every week yet. Yes. But I grew up in a house again where my mom did everything and she had this motherhood martyrdom and Uh She did everything on $30,000 a year. And I still don't know how she did everything, but like, was she centered and grounded and present and calm and peaceful and joyful? And was she doing things that lit her up? No, Amen. She, was, she was surviving. Yes. She, was, she was leaving lists, to-do lists for us. If you don't clean this damn kitchen before I get home, I'm gonna lose my shit. And she also came home and lost her shit because we didn't often check off the to-do list. Yeah. So like i watched her struggle through our early childhood
0: Mm -hmm. being an
1: island and not feeling like she either didn't have the resources or she just felt guilty about outsourcing whatever she could Mm -hmm. Uh, even now she's like i can't believe that you get your house cleaned and i'm like that is the one thing that i can do for myself that i can spend four hours doing something else that needs to be done you know and
0: if i may you're also stimulating your local economy i'm just saying
1: yes very very much because so, it's expensive yeah. these days and so but then i start you know i started researching this like okay what are some other systems that are in place that the moms that seem to be thriving mm-hmm. what do they have in place okay even some of my moms that don't work outside the home they're taking care of their children they have nannies they have people come an extra human help them with their children help them on outings help them on planes mm-hmm. and i was like Oh, that's a why. Nanny on hard. a plane. That's why it's hard. I saw somebody with a nanny on a plane most recently, and I was like, "The dream." Mom looks so calm, and you know, not all of us can afford these things. So I try to work with my moms. Like, okay, what is in the budget? Right. What can we say no to, and so that we can reallocate funds so that you can have more time and more peace, and mm-hmm. and, and go to yoga or go to Pilates or go somewhere. To do something that you so it frees up time mm-hmm. and so yeah i'd love to hear like if you have any systems in place or like a lot of people they have built-in family and so you know extended family or grandparents, right. and so on the weekends you know they can recharge because on saturday morning they, they go to grandma's grandma's yeah we don't we don't have that and so I also understand that it's a double edged sword. Sometimes family cannot be helpful and can yeah, be, that's a fact. Helpful yeah. be very harmful. And uh-huh. you know,
0: there's, we could talk about that for a whole nother hour. I'm sure some of our listeners are like, uh, Kate, Kate, my family lives around the corner. Let's, talk. so fair enough. But yes. also, sometimes it's
1: less helpful than what yes. I fantasize about. It can
0: be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then uh, most recently, I discovered there's laundry service like some some of these like boss entrepreneur moms have their laundry picked up from their front door Uh washed folded every single week
0: Yeah. okay that would free up like what five hours a week i do laundry at least one load per week and my husband bless him since we've had the second one has really it used to be ownership was like he was in charge of the dishwasher and i was in charge of laundry but he's seen me do laundry at least one load and usually two, sometimes three a day. And he's like, Indeed. I'm gonna go ahead and just fold this for you. Can you just sit down? And I'm like, oh, thank you. When I lived in New York and I was single and had all the extra you know, ex- disposable income. Oh yeah, I had a wash and fold system. I dropped it off at my concierge on the way to work. And the next day I pick it up at the concierge on the way home. It was amazing. I
1: know. But I think
0: I- that is something, cause you know, again, I'm the same way. Like we're in Kansas. Um, our neighbors across the street are in their eighties, but are just the most delightful human beings ever. Um, if we needed something, they, if it was like an emergency, I, I would feel as comfortable as I could with them. We do have one set of friends down the street who actually randomly went to Ole Miss with Austin and randomly saw us at our community pool. And so we have one set of friends and that's really kind of it. And then there's a woman who I used to work with who is a babysitter for us and she has babysat twice in the two years we've been here, so, and she's wonderful. Um, but yeah i mean i i do lament that because like we call my parents every night on facetime and my son will say can we go to poppy and bob's house i'm gonna go to poppy and bob's house and that's what she calls my parents poppy and bob it's a very long story um my mom is bob because we think he heard me call her mom once but thought it was bob and so now she's just bob which she loves it she eats it up with the spoon she loves it um and i'm like no because they live with the two of you, it's nine hours. It's a seven and a half hour drive, but between the two y'all baby children, it takes us a while to get there. So no, we can't just pop over to Poppy and Bob's house. And so it does have to be um to go back and kind of answer a question that we got way far away from, but I'm gonna bring it back to that. And then also answer this question too is like, how do you set aside those times for yourself? Right. Like, how do you I think it's with intentionality is the first answer. Is that When we allow ourselves to just get swept up in things and just survive, we're not thriving to use the cliche right because we're not being aware, and so. For me, we do on Monday through Friday we basically get up at the same time every single day, depending on tantrums we're usually at the door around the same time and and then i'll come home. While I, while I take the kids to school, my husband does a ride on the Peloton, which again, super first world blessing there. He won it from a job and incentive from his job, which again, what is okay. life? Um, and so he'll do it while I'm on the way to do that. And then while I pump, when I get home, he'll finish up and then he'll go shower and then I'll do a ride, except not this week because I am not feeling the best. <laughs> but um, so that right there, and before we had the Peloton, we used to get up before the kid, before. well, just, my sons before my daughter was born, but we would get up and work out together, which I love and kind of miss having that. But that was a nice moment for us together and like work out and like, oh my gosh, this person's killing us. It's so, you know, um, but so that way with intentionality, I know that I'm gonna get some time for myself out of the way. I'm paying attention to what I need. And that is what's very really helpful for me. I do also feel the mom guilt because in my mind, I'm like, well, my kids don't need to be at school so early. Yeah if I weren't so selfish and working out, I could keep them at home for another hour and then take them to school. But then I think what kind of a mom am I gonna be when I am not, when I'm feeling resentful of that? And they love school. So, I mean, my son sometimes comes home and be like, I don't wanna go, he calls it Shula because I try to teach him German. No, I don't wanna go to Shula. Um, but so that, and it goes back to what you're talking about with your mom of like, we used to say like the toxic positivity right everyone's got it worse than you do get over it and forward and people are concerned about us making little snowflakes and it's like no i think that there's something to be said like a timeout is fine if you go with like if we do a timeout for my two and a half year old we'll sit with him in the timeout but it's timeout. like you need to understand that we're taking time away from what we're doing but we're here with you and we're supporting you and helping you to feel loved so that you can feel encouraged and, and and attached to us, but also need to understand consequences and I and, and boundaries. And so that's what I that's how I keep trying to remind myself when I catch myself being negative about taking time for myself. It's like, but you can't, I mean, it's such a cliche and I know it's so overused, but you literally can't pour from an empty cup. And so then I get up, I get up from the Peloton, I go and shower, and then I start my day. And so depending on whether or not I'm getting kind of close to a session time, I just hop right onto the session or sometimes usually I'm done well before my first session, but um, then I sit down and I get whatever was done for the day before or whatever need, I check my checklist like I talked about, get all of the stuff that, that I can or at least prioritize for the day what needs to be done. And then I get about the business of having sessions. And I made sure when I scheduled my sessions that I give myself, I'll take two sessions and then I'll go from like 10 and 11, then I'll take 30 minutes and pump, and then I'll have a 1230 and a 130, and then I'll take 30 minutes and pump and then have a three o'clock because I want to pumping is very important to me. So I made sure when I when I was picturing, when I envisioned my private practice, I was like, what is that going to look like? I made sure I was like, that has to be a priority for me. And then whenever I stop pumping, whenever that is, I can realign and reconsider whatever that might be. Um mm-hmm. And then I try, I do have like, I have one client who's a school teacher. So she needs mm-hmm. me to meet her at 3.30. So on one day a week, I'm a little later, but even then. So I like to try to be able to pick up the kids by five and then bring them home. Because especially with my little one, sometimes she goes about 6.30. Wow. So like, that's, which is amazing. because She's an amazing sleeper. Um, we never even had a sleep train her, unlike her brother who we had to pay a ton of money to. Somebody, oh, Jen Cine. You all know Jen Cine from one of our first episodes. Um, but yeah, like to help because he just was such a terrible sleeper. And so I get really sad about that. I'm like, I saw her for a little bit this morning, yeah. didn't see her all day, saw her for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and now she's asleep. Mm-hmm. And that's really tough. And then I try to picture like what I can do on the weekends. And last weekend was a nightmare because she was she had whatever I have now. Um and I think she's te- she has some little teeth like kind of budding, but they're not really like popped through yet. And I'm like, could you please just grow in so she can stop with feeling sad? And her, my little chipper cheerful was not. And my son was melting down sporadically. And I just remembered on Sunday night being like, wow, I don't feel any more energized. Or like, I even really like provided my children anymore from any more mom, you know, like they were both so miserable all weekend. And so I'm like really looking forward to this weekend and really hoping. like, what can I do differently to make it better? And yeah, sometimes you just can't, and that's gotta be okay too. Um, but it does, it just, it can be really difficult. So the best I can do is set a goal, be flexible, understand that not everything is going to be perfect. Remind myself of that. Remind myself sometimes that I have 24 hours like Beyonce and most of the time tell myself, no, I don't have the same 24 hours, No, I, I'm the, I'm the, I'm it's me and my husband and that's, you know, and I've got emotional support, which is wonderful. Um, we also have, we have a housekeeping service who comes every other week, which is amazing. And I remember when we first had that conversation too, of like, I mean, are we that lazy? And it's like, no. And again, I, I, I come back to my girlfriend when she was considering this, she had a friend who gave her this information, Cata told Laura and Laura told me. You're helping somebody else who has their own small business. You're, you're stimulating your local economy by hiring somebody to do the job that they're good at and also way better than I am. So that's my time that I get back. So mm-hmm. that's a very long answer to my
1: favorite day. And I like, don't want anyone to touch the house for at least five hours so that I can savor, but it's clean so, so nice. Out. Yes, And I'm like, no, 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 you can't cook yet. He's like, why? I'm like, cause it's shiny in here. It's so pretty.
0: But it is because going back to what you're talking about with your ADHD, so obviously you have to declutter the house before the cleaning service oh, comes yeah. clean oh, yeah. the house. Yeah. So everything is for the most part exactly where it needs to be or where you'd like it to be, and it's also clean. So it's like, yeah. Oh. There's this one.
1: There's this one woman that cleans our house. Um, we have like a a team of people, and and I always know when she's going to be here because. Uh, I come home and literally, if things aren't in its perfect place, she will find a perfect place for it. <sighs> I'm, I'm talking like, about like, perfect. Yes. And I'm like calling the owner of the company like, hey, can she come every time? Because she does all of that. Like, yeah, yeah. So I definitely, that has been a huge like life upgrade improvement for me to do. And, um, I and was I'm gonna, aware
0: that not everyone can afford that. And I I yeah, get that, exactly. but it is trying it's to a find- blessing.
1: Yeah, It's a huge blessing and I will literally not eat for a week so that I can afford to do it. Yeah, so it's a huge priority. (laughs) But
0: I do actually, since you mentioned that, I mean, I know obviously you won't not eat, but like, and I am pointing the fingers right back at myself when I say this of, okay, look at your Amazon prime shopping. Like, what are the, like, look at your, I don't do this, but like Starbucks, like Mm -hmm. where are some places perhaps, and some people are like, I work paycheck to paycheck. You all can exactly. F off sideways. Respect, respect, respect. I am yeah. 100% here for that. It is also just talking about what your priorities are though, right? Oh, oh,
1: sometimes sometimes I sell things on Facebook Marketplace so that I can pay for the cleaning person. Yeah. I mean, like this I, is like a real priority for me. Chris is like, "What did you sell today?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I sold our dresser." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I you don't need have- it you're decluttering i literally will go through my storage unit and like sell babies i mean if it comes to that and so yeah i definitely respect and part of my postpartum doula service work uh-huh. is meeting people where they are figuring yes. out where the overwhelm is is being triggered from besides yes. other than having a newborn and all of that right. but like the okay, obvious but, yeah yeah and like what in your life is realistic and what can you? What are some free ways that we can outsource things? Mm-hmm. How can we make your life easier so that you can lay in the bed for an hour and meditate today and not do the laundry? You mm-hmm. know, so I try to like help them schedule and prioritize their day. It's so much easier to do it for other people than to do it for yourself. Oh, for your of
0: course, physician heal thyself, right? But it is. It's and that's a conversation you can have with with. Let's everybody call up Kate and get her services, right? Like, yeah. that's a conversation. Of priority, and I, I would love. Maybe I can get into my PhD program and create a new word for selfish that's not, you know, the negative connotation of it. Because we need, we are in twenty twenty two. We are not in the space where everyone just has to get over everything every more anymore and suck it up and yeah. walk it off. We're not there anymore, and I think. I'm sure I know for a fact that there are some people who consider all snowflakes and fragile and weak and and fine, but like, that's just, we're just more loving and nurturing and open minded. And there's so much, there's so much, we have so much room to go as a society, but like individually we are allowed to be less rigid and less hard on ourselves and less focused on some one thing that we think is supposed to make it and just be you like, You literally have no choice but to be you. But then we try to emulate other people and we try to do other things. And I'm not saying like don't have goals and don't aspire, but also not making it come from a place of force and a place of shame and judgment on yourself because you're not where you think you should, which don't should on yourself, be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, just like, it's. It's. I think our generation those of us that have been able to have the time and space and resources to do some of this work this introspective work we are just like stepping into a a a bigger state of awareness and acceptance Mm -hmm. of like humanity but also like we are we've been living in a pandemic and parenting in a pandemic for two years and i think a lot like this isn't really talked about enough like how that's affected our how we move in the world but also how Isolated we are, and how we don't have those typical outlets. Mm -hmm. Like that's very true. Every Friday night we would have a block party on my cul-de-sac growing up, and like my mom knew that she had her neighborhood girls, and they were gonna drink wine, okay, and they were gonna turn up, and the kids were all gonna play, and she had that consistently every Friday. She could look forward to that. Like you know what I would do for a neighborhood block party right now, or like regular dinners with friends, like amazing. Yeah. Date nights, like we haven't really been in the world. And my son is almost three. So he was one, but a lot of my clients, you know, have had babies during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have had their whole entire children's lives this caution fatigue or this decision fatigue. Yes. And they don't have their usual social community outlets. Right. And so I think like a lot of us are just operating in survival mode.
0: So- I. I we gotta give ourselves.
1: We gotta give ourselves grace and self compassion. I'm huge on like Kristen Ness's work with self compassion. I don't know if you follow her, but uh-huh. like, really, what do I need today? And that is not selfish at all. And you need to drop the guilt and drop the shame because they are not. Those are not useful emotions no. at all. And figure out like, okay, what what is me putting my oxygen mask on today? Because if you're at rock bottom,
0: you're helping no one. And you're definitely not able to show up for your family. Yeah. I just want to reiterate, shame is not a healthy or a helpful. It's not. It's not. It's like guilt can be positive because you recognize if you've actually done something bad and can help you redirect and make a better choice next time. But that shame piece that we put upon ourselves is just counterproductive, it's not getting us anywhere. And you know, if if the thing that you did today was listen to this podcast, then that's, this is a mental health podcast, you're taking some time and focusing. So we're preaching to the choir here when we're talking about but also like just validating and giving that space of like, it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that we said, like, how do you put your oxygen mask on first? Mm -hmm. And it's so important. And it's, I mean, I don't know, I, I just think it's so interesting. Where we were, where yeah. we are now and also how far we have to go. Yeah. Um, but it's just figuring out a way to make it all make sense for yourself.
1: Yeah, and I and I think about like, you know, oftentimes I share this with my therapist a couple of weeks ago, like <laughs> every decision I make with my son, it's a lot of pressure that I put on myself, but like to be making the right decisions and the right choices to prevent him from sitting in therapy talking about how I have shaped yeah. and crippled or hindered, his life, yeah. like what, what am I doing now that he's gonna have to recover from Right in therapy? Right. And my therapist was just looking at me like, that is so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Kate, this was like a light bulb for me. She was like, so maybe I'm sharing it because I hope it'll help somebody else. But she was, like, she was like, you are a human. Mm-hmm. You are a fallible, mm-hmm. imperfect, sinful Mm -hmm. if you're a christian sinful human you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna have regrets right And you're gonna do things that are gonna be harmful and hurtful to him Uh no matter how hard you work and try and how intentional you are and i was just like oh yeah like that's that's not new news
0: yeah like why have you somebody it's (laughs) basically just
1: like giving you the freedom and the permission to like make mistakes and know that like yeah even if I do everything by the book like twelve book parenting books that I've read if I do everything that they say mm-hmm. he's still gonna end up probably and I I hope that he has the freedom and the resources to go to therapy oh me too like, oh, I I hope my kids go to about- therapy
0: because they choose to
1: yeah yeah and talk about me and how. I sat with him and let him feel his emotions. And because of that, he feels too many things all the time. And like, he wishes he had more mental toughness, you know? The pendulum has swung the other way. I mean, there's (laughs) going to be something like, but sometimes I think about that, like, okay. But yeah, just like letting go, giving ourselves permission to make mistakes in in our parenting, but in our, in our humanness. Mm. Um, And then going along with that, like talking about, like minutes versus moments in parenting. Like, yeah, I could keep him home. Like you were to circle back. Yeah, I could keep him home while I ride the Peloton or do a workout. I could keep him home for that hour. And one, he will try to hurt himself by climbing on top of the Peloton with me.
0: Oh, 100% cannot do that with my son. Oh no, we call him the Texas tornado. No, 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 no. (laughs) So that
1: will happen. Or two, he'll sit in front of the TV and watch a show for an hour. And, right. or I could drop him off at school and he could play with friends. friends. Yeah. And learn how to write his name, which is mind blowing. Yeah. That they're teaching that. Um, so yeah, I'm like, okay, minutes versus moments. Like those would be, those would be minutes. He would be here, we would be in the same house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it wouldn't be this meaningful moment. And so a lot of times, like I try lately, like I just read this somewhere, but like in the past month I've been really trying to focus on the moments. Like, okay, the whole weekend was a disaster because we were both sick, we watched too much TV, we yeah. ordered food, like we ate too many donuts. It wasn't like this bonding weekend, but then Monday Monday afternoon, I brought you to the park and we went down the slide together and we we played. I, I put my phone away and we played for 30 minutes straight. Those are moments. Right. And. Can I focus my energy more on those moments when he grabs my face and says, "I love you, mommy"? That's a moment, and I try to just sit in it and try to take a mental image and a picture. This morning, he came in, laid on top of me at 6 a.m., and just put his cheek to my cheek and laid on top of me, and I was like, "This is a moment." Esther Perel and Brene talk about missing the full weight of their two-year-old son.
0: Yes, I remember when they said that in their. I mind was like Esther crying. I died. I was like. I actually, it's funny, he's not going to remember it, and it's terrible, but I actually, as a result of that specific episode of the podcast, when my son was sitting in my lap, I was like, you always sit in my lap no matter how big you get, right? And he goes, yes. And I was like, I'm going to hold you to that. And I thought, you are a crazy human. Don't make this child promise that to you right now. And I knew I was being crazy, but I was like, I just need to say it out loud. But like, it's yes. so true. And I said that about my, it's weird because I'm in this space of like, I love to see what my seven month old is doing. Like she's standing now and she's kind of starting to like edge her way around the table. And um, and I, I want her to grow, but I'm not ready to not have a tiny human that I need to carry around. Cause she's my last, we're done, right? Shut that business down. And I feel really good about our choice to have two kids, but it's this balance for me of like, I want to encourage her and have her learn. And if she wants to walk at seven, she's not gonna, she's nowhere near close to walking, but I'm just saying like, yeah, she needs to be able to do what she needs to do. And I also need to acknowledge that I have sadness. It's both, and I'm so excited to see where she is. I can't wait till she can talk. We got very lucky. Trey started talking very, very young. And so we can have these conversations with him. He tells us about what he dreamed about. Usually it's like blue and purple, but, but you know, like I can have conversations with him. And we're very lucky about that. And So I look forward to that and I'm very sad at the idea of not having the weight, their full weight in your lap. When Bernay said that I died, I died. Like the neck died.
1: (laughs) Yeah, cause I was like, I have a two year old son and I feel the full weight of his body. And so ever since I heard that, I, you know, I used to just be like, oh, well, we're gonna lay here for 10 minutes and I I, am making my to-do list in my head of like things I have to get done. But like now I'm like, no, I'm gonna savor this. This is, this is a moment that I, for sure. And you know, it's taken me three years to get to that point where I can hear advice from moms that are older Mm -hmm. and uh, more, you know, along their journey and their parenting with older kids and not be triggered by it because all of the, oh, you're going to miss this. And, you know, you're going to miss these newborn days and, you know, oh, this is the best time and things get harder and worse when they get older. And all these things like used to be so triggering for me because I was operating on 30 minutes of sleep and like yeah. losing my literal mind. I was like, this is not bliss. This is not enjoyable. This is torture. And so I'm just now able to actually accept and hear that like advice. Mm-hmm and actually take it in and say, you know, I am, this is a really hard phase and season that you guys probably have blocked out a lot of the meltdowns and the regulation issues and stuff. But like, yeah, there are a lot of moments that I know that I'm gonna miss. And so this morning I said to him, I was like, same as you. I was like, Christian, when you get older, will you promise that you live on the same street as me? (laughs) I was like, so that way you can come over for dinners and sometimes spend the night.
0: His future partner will be so delighted should he choose to take a partner. No, because I'm gonna be a really laid back mother in law. Okay, really laid I back. I keep telling myself that. I keep t- like that's a very it's a priority for me, and I'm like, we'll see when we get there, won't we? We'll see when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes.
1: And he said, "Yeah, mommy, can I have a car when I get older?"
0: Oh my And gosh. I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, and
1: again, I was like, no, this is actually not healthy because like, say you want to live in Paris and be an artist or something like you go
0: follow your dreams. Like, I'm not going to hold you back so you yeah. can live on the same street as me, but. It's tough though, because like I, I studied abroad in London, bless my parents for paying for that. And when I got my first job out of undergrad, so I'm from near Louisville, Kentucky, and I went to Purdue and my first job was in Indianapolis and my parents were like, we for sure that you're moving to London. And they were so supportive and they never said a word, but they were like, so they're like, we can't believe you're living in Indianapolis. It's two hours away from us. Praise the Lord, because they're like, we yeah. just knew you were gonna live in London. And I was like, don't act like I didn't apply to jobs in London, nobody wanted me in London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then like I moved to New York and they would come out and visit me in New York City. And that was really fun and everything. And like, I hope for that for my kids that they, not necessarily New York, although I will obviously, you know, we've still got some, air quotes family out there that I'll be like, you want to go stay with Aunt Stacy for a week and see what New York is like? NYU? Maybe? Maybe? Anyway. Um, so it's tough because you want them to have all the things that you didn't have or the things that for my case, I did have and loved so much. And also, I'm going to be devastated that I don't get to see them. It's, yeah. it's real. It's really all of the things that I love what you said about being in a space where you're finally able to accept parenting advice. And for me, I I really fluctuate on that, like this isn't especially parenting advice but a couple weeks ago it snowed four inches here and i um got my son a little strap on snowboard like just literally velcro and it's very it's nothing and i actually pulled out my snowboard because we have this little hill it's probably like three feet high maybe four feet high in our backyard and i was like i'm gonna pull out my snowboard and show him how to go down the hill and then he'll go down the hill and it'll be so much fun and I mean, it was a $45 snowboard from Kohl's. So like, it was not waxed, it was not treated. I could not get that thing to go down the hill. And I posted the video and I was like, well, I don't know what I was expecting from this $40 piece of plywood from Kohl's, but my husband had videotaped us and like me trying to like get him, like I'm trying to like yank his body down the hill. And then I'm trying to like kick the snowboard with my foot and it's not going. And I'm like pulling the front of the snowboard while I'm trying to hold him because he's got pretty good balance, but also it's snowboard and I'm yanking anyway. And I can't tell you how many people are like, you need to wax it, you need to wax it, you need a bigger hill. The hill's not big enough. And I'm like, I literally said that I need to wax the snowboard. So you telling me I need to wax the snowboard is reminding me of what I've already said. And for those of you who are like, the hill's not big enough, I just snowboarded down it. You see a video of me going down the hill just fine on my very nice K2 board. And this is not parenting specific, but it's, I feel like that's a very safe one for me to do. Although if I, if you're listening to this and that was you telling me to wax my snowboard, I didn't need that, I already said I waxed. No, that's very aggressive. But it, <laughs> it is that kind of thing where it's like, you have to, especially in social media, you have to post all the things you tried or all the things you're planning to do or all the things da da about a parenting situation Yeah, unless you get well, have you tried this? You need to do this. She hasn't tried this spoon. What about this spoon? Da, 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 and it's like, yeah, you can't Just be like, ah, baby girl didn't like butternut squash because everybody's gonna be like, have you tried peas? Have you tried baby led weaning? You're not doing baby led weaning. You're only yeah. using that spoon. That's the wrong spoon. And It's like, yes, we are doing baby led weaning. I also thought I'd let her try a puree. Yes, we yeah. do have a fancy spoon. Yeah, I see that you have a different fancy, spoon. It's you're like in
1: that early baby phase where everyone has opinions about how to raise the perfect baby.
0: Yeah. And so it's interesting when you get older, when when they get older, I feel like perhaps the defensiveness goes away. And I don't really know where the defensiveness comes from, because if I feel like someone's got something that's going to help me, I want to know it. Yeah. I guess maybe it's like, I don't like being mom-splained. I think that's probably. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, and I love Kristen Bell's mom-splaining.
0: Yes. yes. Can I
1: can I pause for one second? I have to open, speaking of plumber, the plumber plumber just got here. I have to open the door so he can come in and I'm going to come yeah. right back.
0: So yep, fine. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 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 And we're back. See, if you have that house manager. <laughs> <laughs> the house manager could have gone and opened the door. But yeah, I do. I think that I love that Kristen Bell mom splaining. Because I think mansplaining is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I use man liberally too because women do it too. I, I don't like when people assume I'm dumb, And that's probably my own shortcoming and defensiveness from another perfectionism or, you know, the, the shame of something, I don't know what, maybe my therapist and I can talk about
1: it, but I don't think people, I don't think that people are giving you advice because they think you're dumb. I I've realized that people want to be helpful and they don't Uh, want you to make the same or go through the same. Yes. Things that they have gone through. But the thing about raising humans is like, there's too many variables. That's, and yes. There's no two situations and circumstances that are the same, no two temperaments that are the same, no two family structures, support systems, I can go on and on. Yeah. And so, you know, what worked for you is great. And like, you know, I am guilty of this because when I, I had a six month old and we, we finally got him to sleep for like a week straight out, I, I thought I had cracked the code and I was like teaching, I was explaining it to every like new mom in uh-huh. my, in my sphere, like, this is what we did. This could work for you too. So you don't have to suffer like me. And it comes from a place of love. That's very much, yes, absolutely. But then he started waking up again a week later and I was like, oh, I know nothing. Like I'm just surrendering to this at this point and I'm never gonna give advice again. And so part of my postpartum doula and motherhood physical therapy business, I don't give advice ever. Mm No, I listen and if they ask, for opinions I say here are all the theories here are all the approaches yes you, you can pick and yes. you can decide what will work for you yes there's no judgment and there's no right way for anything and I was just telling somebody about this the other day like our parent we're the first generation that we have access to the internet we have access to 10 million parenting books 10 million mm-hmm. parenting podcasts YouTube episodes like it's being like, it's like drinking from a water hose Mm -hmm. with advice and the access people have to you. And like, we know what what families do across the country, across the country, across the world. Like, and so our parents knew what, you know, Jenny down the street might be doing. That's right. And they may get some advice from coworkers. Mm -hmm. Can you
0: imagine? Like
1: we have to filter through so much feedback
0: it's so it's so much and i like what you were saying but I, I think that's something too i actually i don't remember i can't remember who it was but it was on my time hop this morning of like um like i am paranoid in reverse i assume people are out to make my life better that's a that's a paraphrase and i apologize deeply that i don't remember who it was i'm not gonna take the time to, to google because i don't have a producer who can go could you Google that for me Blink? no um but I I like that about the advice piece if I can just constantly remind myself of that and I do I have that conversation with myself and then I'll like whine to my husband and be like can you believe so and so said this like I can't believe and and then my
1: husband will be like but you overshared it
0: right which is why my thought is like which is why you have to be so specific in your verbiage of like I've already tried this and I've already tried this and I've already tried this and I'm just letting everybody know that I thought this was cute and funny so please don't give me any advice isn't this funny how she hated her her green beans like right whatever yeah or you could just block comments and DMs yeah that's very true too but but like, yeah I think that's really great about not years. yes yeah 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 sure. but not giving advice I don't do that as a therapist I think it's really interesting when people think that they like come to therapy for advice and I'm like what master's program makes somebody omniscient on somebody else's life? Like, I sign me up for that. I'd love to be able to help people that way. I that's not the skill set I have. I have the skill set to be able to ask questions and provide some psychoeducation of things that could help work. But generally speaking, I'm just going to ask you questions about your goals and help you get there. So I love to hear that you it's what you're saying in your practice too, where it's like, if they don't come for advice, I'm not offering it out because that's not that's not that's not my vibe. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: yeah no it's yeah and, and sometimes people want to know like what the magic answer is to fix the said problem and it's like a lot of the answer is time yeah and when you're in it when you're in the thick of it and and something that i've been it's really easy for me when i go into a home now that i've been doing this long enough to know to immediately pick up on the red flags of like perinatal mental health mm-hmm. issues yeah and um and when there's not and it's it's a stark difference. Yeah. And I, I've, this is like going down another topic. I don't know how much more time we have, but um, figuring out how to help people that are struggling and mm-hmm. and recognizing because, you know, we go to these doctor's offices and we fill out the forms and the questionnaires and then they don't, they throw the form away. I don't yeah. know what they do with the form, but like they they aren't equipped or educated to have the tools or the resources to refer you even. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of a lot of the advice that I got was like things will get better, it'll get better, or this is normal. And I'm like, I right. checked. But I wanted to kill myself. Like this is not normal. Yeah. Like how can this be normal? There would be no moms left if everyone felt like this, you
0: know? I and, it, it's scary to hear because they hand you the Edinburgh Postpartum yeah. Screener, and I've been very lucky that my scores are, have always been very low. And then I have always in my in my line of work wondered, what do you all do? Nothing, they do nothing.
1: I can tell you, I filled it out maybe six or seven times,
0: uh, six or seven
1: different providers. And so that is something that I'm super passionate about now that I'm going into people's houses or they're coming to me in my clinic. I know what those signs are. I can feel it in my body because I have been there recently. Yeah. And I have literally a list of mental health providers that can help them right now, that can see them today. You were on the list. Yeah. And, hey, yeah. You because like virtual access is so important being affordable cash pay you don't have to go through the hoops of insurance you know i also have a list of providers that can prescribe medicine so that you can feel better within hours if you need to you know yeah um and people that will actually hear and listen to you so i just want to say thank you for doing the work that is so helpful and so necessary and often overlooked by so many helping providers, because they don't know how to help.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like it, Thank you. I appreciate you appreciating our our line of work. Yeah, and it's almost like if I ignore it, maybe it we'll go away. Like, I have to give you this form, because I'm yeah. legally mandated, I guess most states are probably required to provide in Edinburgh, but I, I yeah, so it's it is scary. Um, and I, once again, as with the last time, I already have a whole list of things for Episode three. <laughs> um, so please tell everybody where they can find you
1: yes so you can find me on, on instagram at ensomama um e-n-s-o-m-a-m-a and there you can also find my website and that is ensomama.org
0: mm-hmm. o-r-k
1: um, it was the only domain left so i snagged <laughs> it and you can can schedule a discovery call that's completely free um, via the website, or you can go ahead and book if you already know that you need physical therapy or or, um, mindset coaching or doula
0: work. Amazing, well, a pleasure as always. I'm already looking forward to the third one. We've done the second one now, um, and I wish everyone a healthy rest of your week, and I look forward to chatting again soon. Have a good one. Me too, thanks. See yeah. ya.